Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the pendulous Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Pendulous. Pendulous. See, if I was doing the SAT, I'd be like, well, it sounds like pendulum. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. something that's hanging or swinging... Something I something don't, that I, might swing back and forth. You know, sometimes oh, it's good. And sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's bad. Like well, the I guess, San Francisco I guess, Giants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're pendulous like the San Francisco Giants, Matthew. Sometimes you're okay and I can tolerate you and sometimes I can't. Yeah, fair. Fair. And... And right now, I can tolerate you. I, I can tolerate you pretty well. All right. Well, I, yeah. I can, yeah. You well, know. she'll have to get in line. You know, got to talk to my wife first. You know, she, oh, she tolerates you too? <laughs> I mean. Sometimes she tolerates me. Sometimes she doesn't. What more can you ask for in a marriage? <laughs> exactly. Other than I mean, it's basically married life, right? <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the San Francisco Giants. They've been very pendulous we were super optimistic last week people said we were too pessimistic and then they were good and everybody was like i told you so i told you so and then this week happened and i'm like what am i gonna say matthew uh i told you so i told you so yeah that's right i didn't actually i didn't actually i didn't i didn't say that because i don't actually want the giants to be bad i'm just not afraid to say they are when they are um yeah um, you know, you know when the Giants weren't bad, Matthew? Uh, 2010. That's right, in 2012 and 2014. Mm-hmm. But I, I want you to think. I want you to think further back. I I'm old man. I can't think back that far. You can't think back that far. No. Uh, well, they were really good in 1993. Best San Francisco Giants team ever. Correct. Um, beautiful roster. Um, the greatest San Francisco Giant was on on pace to to break the home run record. Um, that's Matt Williams for anybody who, who wants to fight me. Um, I'm ready. Let's fight. Cause I will fight. I will go, I will go down. Um, God, I got to finish that sentence with something useful. Cause otherwise everybody's going to laugh at me. I, I will go down for the count. There we go. Defending Matt Williams as the greatest San Francisco giant ever, but we got to go further back, Matthew. Well, I, okay. So how about the 1989 team? How about them? How about the 1989 team? Yeah, yeah. I graduated from high school. It was mm-hmm. uh, didn't end well. You know, there was an earthquake and all that kind of stuff in there. But uh, you know, but a pretty good year. For the the Giants made it. Yeah. That's right. And the Giants went to the World Series for the first time in like I don't know. Well, our lifetimes. Yeah, first that's of true. All. Yeah, yeah. At that time, um, but for the first time in a long time, right? Since Mays and McCovey were on the team, and uh, yeah. And and the skipper was one Roger Craig. Hum baby. Hum baby. Hum baby. 
Uh, Roger Craig, you said this weird like voice. I mean, he talked. You're like, I just it just sounds like a big bumblebee buzzer. Yeah, kind of spoke out of the side of his mouth. Kind of. He did. He did. Oh, hum baby. Oh, hum baby. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, Mr. Craig passed away today um, at the ripe old age of 93. Um, Raise my glass. Yes, raise a glass to to Mr. Roger Craig. One of the all-time greats, one of the great San Francisco Giants, uh, the first manager of a great San Francisco Giants team, in in my view, because before that, you know, um, there were these mythical, legendary teams that that just sound preposterously good. (laughs) Three Hall of Famers in their lineup. What? (laughs) That's not real. (laughs) <laughs> and then I saw them play, and I'm like, these guys suck. You're sure that's the same team? And then and then these guys come along, you know, Roger Craig and, uh, you know, and uh, Dwayne Kuyper and, uh, you know, um, but really with Robbie Thompson and, and Will Clark. And uh, that was really the first time that I saw the San Francisco Giants play well was, was under Roger Craig. So um, uh, very sad to see him go. But... Uh, with, well, he so he had uh, five winning consecutive winning seasons as a manager. Wow! Uh, and uh, I think he's the fifth all-time wins in Giants history. Uh, had a combined for the Giants, he was five hundred eighty-six and five sixty-six. Uh, so he won twenty more games that he lost. Winner in our books. Rest in peace, Mr. Craig. Roger Craig. Home, okay. baby. Home, baby. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Matthew, I have a, I have a, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I am ready. Yes. Um, so it, 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 it's a little long winded, but I want to give you a scenario. Okay. Would you rather have a situation, Matthew, where every cocktail that you drink from now and for the rest of your life would be just be slightly above average? So you'd never have a bad cocktail. Okay. I like it. But you'd. But you'd never have a great cocktail either. Mm. Nothing interesting, nothing that blows your socks off, nothing new and amazing. Okay. Or would you rather have that where you have amazing cocktails, except the next cocktail that you have is always the opposite? It's something that's horrible. Mm. Right? So horrible, awful cocktail followed by amazing, fantastic cocktail. Hmm. Those are your two choices. You can't. You, you, you can't have. You can't have the normal thing. Yeah. Okay. I. I don't. This isn't actually very difficult for me. I think I would rather have the amazing cocktails followed by a bad one, just because. Why wouldn't you want amazing cocktails? And that's uh, right. So I, I think I'm willing to 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 deal with a few duds just to yeah, but, have but, the but, best ones ever. But think about it this way, Matthew. At the end of your lifetime, though, it would have all averaged out to just be average. It just would have been average. You just had average cocktails. Yeah, I don't. I don't really look at it like an accumulative stat, though. I think it's mm-hmm. more of a day to day thing. Okay. Okay. So you really like the twenty twenty three Giants, then? You like this one where they're like, they're like, yeah, five and two, and they got all these flashy rookies who are just slashing at everything, and just all the balls are landing, and they're like, and like, yeah, and Ben's all like, oh, Casey Schmidt's a Hall of Famer, and then the next week you're like, why does this kid never take a walk? Yeah. Because well, he all he does is strike out. You, you like that. You like the the back and forth. I like that the team's not boring, <laughs> and and you know, and that's what you know, average or even slightly above average cocktails would probably get boring after a while. And so, yeah, I think that having a you know some some great ones, great times followed by some not so great times, at least it keeps you interested, Ben. Amen. You know what? That is that is a good point. It is exciting. 
Because remember at the beginning of the season, it was like all these guys did was watch the ball and occasionally hit home runs. Yeah. And lost. You know, it was ugh, blah, boring and bad. At least this, it's like some, it's, it's never boring. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. And it's, and it's unpredictable and when that's going to happen. So that's kind of interesting in itself. That's right. It is unpredictable, which is what makes life fun, right? That's right. Right. It's great see, to be sometimes, pendulous. Matt, that's right. It's pendulous. Like sometimes, Matthew, you, you got to see the good side of things. That's your problem. Anyway, <laughs> today is Sunday, June 4th, as we record this podcast. I almost said June 14th. I thought that's what you were going to say. It's not Flag Day yet, folks. Your favorite day of the year. Day. I yeah, know. It's, we got 10 days. We got 10 days until Flag Day. Uh, it is June 4th. Uh, the San Francisco Giants. Remember, Matthew, when they went 5-2 and two last week? I do remember. Yeah, well, they this were is above the, 500. The, the pendulum has swung <laughs> back the other way. <laughs> and they went 2-4 and four this week. Um, dropping one out of two to the... Pittsburgh Pirates, who were one of the best teams in baseball this year at one point, Matthew. And, you know, looked like it again against us. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of teams look like it when they play the Giants. Yeah. Uh, and then and then they're like, okay, well, maybe this will be that week where they, they do represent the pendulum. Like, they'll play poorly against the bad team. Or, sorry, the mediocre team. And then they'll play well against the good team, right? right. And 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 that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, they you know, they they lose game on Friday. They had a good win on Saturday, and then today, just no, just no. Um, so yeah, uh, and where and where does that, that where does that leave things? Well, <sighs> let's. See. I, I didn't even want to look. I, I'm at that point where if we're not winning, I'm not looking. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing: the San Francisco Giants are five and a half games out of first place in the National League West. Following the Dodgers, I know. At, at 29 and 30, yes, they're behind the first place Dodgers. <sighs> Matthew, but they're also, and I feel like I, I, look, none of us want to hear this. And I suppose on the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter who's in front of you. But they are also five and a half games behind the first place Arizona D-bags. I'm sorry, what? I'm Diamondbacks. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, you meant the fact that they're in... Yes. First place? Is that what you said? That is what I said. That is what I said. The Arizona... When was the last time the Arizona Diamondbacks were in first place? In June? Mm, Well, I know they went to the World Series one year. Right, that might be the year? That might be the last time. (laughs) <laughs> no, that can't be true. I'm sure they've made the playoffs since then. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. And, um, you know, uh, the one thing that I will say, you know, I've been kind of like softening my stance on Farhan recently as he's been calling up the young kids and they've been playing not horribly. Um, I've been softening up my stance on him a little bit. But at the same time, you know, like I, I think any organization that the Giants should be measuring themselves against and feeling like they should be able to beat, it's the Arizona Diamondbacks, right? Yes. They were kind of at the same place the Giants were when Farhan took over five years ago, and and they're just an inferior organization. Or at least they should be, but clearly they are not. 
there is an inferior organization in this equation, and I don't think it's the Diamondbacks, unfortunately. So this does not make me happy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so there they are. The, the first place Arizona Diamondbacks tied with the Los Angeles Dodgers five and a half games in front of the San Francisco Giants. But you know what, Matthew? It's not all bad. The Giants are now full two games ahead of the five games under 500 <laughs> San Diego Padres. Bob, what are the Padres going to do? The Padres are going to Padre. <laughs> yes, they are, Bob. <laughs> you know, that does that does ease the pain a little bit, you know, because at least the Padres are still the Padres, you know. And, uh, and, and at least now I know they're doing it while spending a whole lot of money. You know, and, and there was this whole thing we were worried about them getting a good manager. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You know who used to manage the, uh, the San Diego Padres, Matthew? Roger Craig. That's right. And then he came to the Giants, and the Giants were good. <laughs> and, then, and then you know who else used to manage the Padres? Uh, Bruce Bochy. That's right. And the Padres were good with him. They made it to the World Series. Didn't win it. Then he comes to the Giants. He wins three times. So, you know, at least the Padres are still the Padres. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, and then still in last place is the Rockies. But but things got to be better over in the wild card standings, right? Yes. Um, yeah, they do. And they are. The Giants are only two and a half games out of a wild card spot. Yeah, we could go. We were in the second wild card spot. So that's kind of how things Yeah, changed. I mean, things haven't gone well. And we were ahead of the Miami Marlins, and now we're not. And the Mets were behind us, and now they aren't. And so, no, things have been trending in the wrong direction. But, hey, look, we're in spitting distance, Matthew. We're in right. spitting distance. Season's not over. We're there. That's we right. We got that. We can, we can get this. That's right. That's right. Hey, Bob, I can see you over there, and I see what you're about to do. And I just, no. I told you, the bit is over. The bit is over. I wonder how talking. Carlos Correa <laughs> is doing these days. No. No. <laughs> no, Bob. But I will, I will say this. There, the, you know, the Wobegons, there is still a Wobe one. Okay? Yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Hanniger. So close. I thought, I thought he was on his way out I, of the Wobegon. I, we did. We thought, you know, we thought he had a good week, and we thought all he needs is two good weeks in a row. And he'll be he'll be another success story like Mr. Conforto. That's right. He still needs two good weeks in a row. And he still needs two good weeks in a row. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Is he the reason we had a bad week, Matthew? I don't know. There's, he's part of it. He's part you know, of it. He's part of it. There's a lot of there's a lot of complaining to go around. But well, you uh, know, we lost uh, by one run on Friday against, and there were a lot of opportunities, and yeah. uh, you know, there were a lot of guys that uh, couldn't deliver with uh, men on base, and yeah. uh, Mitch was one of them. And yeah, for the week, he hit a buck eighty-five. You know, yeah. so buck eighty-five uh, on base percentage of two forty-one, which means he did get a couple of walks. Uh, he struck out eight times though in twenty-seven at bats, and his slugging percentage was two fifty-nine. So when he did hit hits, they were little ones. Yeah, not a good week. Not a good week, Mitch. Um, and uh, so that's how the the Wobie one did, uh, Bob. Even though that's not what you asked. That other guy, he still sucks, Bob. He <laughs> had a good week too, and now he sucks again. But we're not going to get into it. Um, I have a new I have a new bit, Bob, to talk about. But we're not going to talk about because we're going to talk about these guys in depth later in the show. 
because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about whether or not the Giants are going to live and die by rookies this year. Um, and then we're also going to talk about um, the impending roster crunch that Matthew touched upon last week because it's getting it's getting it's getting real, folks. But going forward, Bob, I thought we'd talk about the young guys. Um, so so maybe next week, maybe you have a different question. <laughs> He's not right? going to have a different question. No, but, you have uh, a different all right. question. All right, all right, Matthew. So that means it's time for a trivia question. Yes, time for some trivia and. In light of Roger Craig's passing, I thought we would uh, visit Roger Craig in his career. So before he was a manager, he was a pitcher who pitched for five teams over 12 years, most of it actually with the Dodgers, both in Brooklyn and then in L.A. Uh, And during his career, he led the National League twice in what major category? Ejections. Uh, not as a pitcher. I don't know about uh, oh, about managers. Yeah. No, I meant uh, as a pitcher. As a pitcher. I, yeah, yeah. He, well, maybe, maybe it is. Okay, maybe I, he got injections. Final answer. That's what I'm going with. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, a foreshadowing into his managerial yeah, career yeah. that he got ejected. I, I do want to point out though, because there is a there is a happy story in here. Like you know, the fact that he pitched for the for the Dodgers but led the Giants to the World Series. Just folks, there's always a chance for redemption. That's right. Everybody That's right. can turn their lives around. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, we ha- we know. had a few of those. Dusty Baker, another. It's true. It's true. Dusty. I mean, Ross Stripling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not get carried away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, forgets which, still hasn't quite figured out which team he's playing for yet. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Let's do it. Who's first, Bob? What are you drinking, Matthew? No, oh, man. Uh, what am I drinking? That is a good question. Uh, I am drinking a, an original cocktail called the Holy Schmidt. Unholy Schmidt? Yeah, we're unholy Schmidt. I'm you know, going back and forth on this. Uh, if you want to understand why we're going back and forth on holy or unholy, you can listen to last Thursday's episode uh, uh, of Happy Hour. Uh, but in the Holy Schmidt... There is, as listener Scott says, a lot of ingredients. There's two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of Benedictine, a half ounce of Amaro Nonino, a quarter ounce of Demerara syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitters, two dashes of Peixad's bitters. And you put all those ingredients into a mixing glass with ice, stir for 30 seconds until chilled, and strain it into a chilled Nicanora glass. Express orange oils over the drink, uh, and then garnish it with the orange twist and a brandied cherry. So that is what I'm drinking. Holy Schmidt. What are you drinking, Ben? Oh, it's my turn. Ah, I thought you'd never ask. Bob, this week I am drinking something called the Orange Zephyr. Ah, it is a summer, a celebratory summer cocktail. And it comes with two ounces of apricot brandy, three quarters of an ounce of creme de peche, one quarter of an ounce of absinthe. If you don't like absinthe, you can can turn that into like a couple of drops or a spritz. Uh, And then half an ounce of lemon juice. Combine all of those ingredients into a shaker with ice. Shake for 10 to 12 seconds or until chilled. Your choice. 
and then double strain into a Nick and Nora glass and garnish with a lemon twist. The orange zephyr, and it is a tasty cocktail, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Thank you. All right. You know what hasn't been so tasty? Um, Segway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes hmm. they sometimes they go easy, and sometimes you got to make a big stretch. So, are rookies tasty? I, yeah. Are rookies tasty? Their performances can be exquisite. Exquisite, uh, and sometimes their performances can be um, flat. flat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, uh, without flavor. Um, yes. Yeah, I think we had Matthew. we had some of that this week. We had we 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 did. We had a good dose of that. And I think I th- first of all I think it's really really kind of you know important for people to just really kind of just sit sit down and think about this for a second. The Giants sent uh what Ryan Walker back down uh last week. Did they? Which I think they did, right? Is he still on the roster? He is still on the roster. Oh, never mind then. I am mistaken. Uh, they actually did. They sent down uh, Tristan Beck. Oh, that's right. And then they brought him they back. back up. <laughs> okay. So that means Patrick Bailey, Casey Schmidt, Blake Sable, Brett Wisely, Bryce Johnson, Ryan Walker, Tristan Beck. I'm not sure about Walker. No, I am sure about Walker. Every single one of these guys are rookies. But not only are they rookies, they are all rookies that made their major league debuts this year. And they're all on the current roster. So, if you're a big loudmouth who's constantly complaining about... When is the youth movement going to come? And how come it's not happening? And what's taking them so long? And why is our minor league system so broken? Well, Mr. Loudmouth, I have something to tell you. The youth movement has arrived. I apologize, Mr. Farhan, about my big loudmouth. <laughs> That takes a lot too to get Ben to apologize for. His yeah, big it loudmouth. does. It does. It does. But that's only because I'm about to follow it up with this comment, which is "took you long enough." <laughs> and then I'm well, going to follow it up with this comment of being like, "I wish they were all better." Well, and that's you know, you live by the rookies, you die by the rookies. <laughs> that's and... that's true. You live by the rookies, you die by the rookies. Exactly right. Because every rookie is going through the same thing, right? They're you know, once pitchers have a book on you. You know, offensively, then uh, you have to adjust. Uh, And so right now they're going through some of that. You know, Bailey and Schmidt both have uh, been known to uh, swing at pretty much any pitch that's uh, near them. I think between the two of them, Matthew, they have one walk in their major league careers. Is that right? Maybe no, they had two walks. but one walk in the last couple of weeks, I think, between the two of them. Yeah, so I, I think you know, just recently, especially Schmidt has uh, started to chase as well, uh, or I'm sorry, Bailey has. And uh, you know, it's interesting watching Schmidt because he will turn on pitches that are inside, and he will get the barrel on the bat, and and you can't really 
he reminds me a lot, I think we mentioned this before, as Pablo Sandoval, you know, just, you know, a guy that will just put a barrel on a, on a ball wherever it's pitched. But also pitchers are now learning that they don't need to necessarily throw him a strike to get him out. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, probably both Bailey and Schmidt are going to have to turn, uh, well, they're going to have to be a little bit more patient, be a little bit more discerning uh, than they have been, especially to start their career. Uh, and, you know, Bailey has one career walk. So, you know, he's, he, he's not getting up, going up there to, to, to right, look for a walk. Right. And Casey Schmidt has one career walk. So, so uh, you're right. You're right. They have twice as many walks as I said they did between the two of them. They've walked well, and, twice. <laughs> and, and, and I think the, the point, you know, the, the part that kind of gets me excited about this and is a little bit more forgiving than you, Ben, is that, uh, you know, we only have to look at like Blake Sable to see that this can be turned around. Uh, Blake Sable, I think, was leading the National League for the first month in strikeouts and uh, strikeout percentage. And uh, and it was the one big knock on him as as a hitter. And he has greatly reduced his strikeout rate over the last couple of weeks. And uh, so if he can do it, so can Bailey and Schmidt. Yeah, I'm actually I mean, yes. And, and quite honestly, like, I, I, I think... I don't really think that that Bailey and Schmidt should be sent back down or or or, or anything of the sort. I I think um I think that's exactly what we're seeing here is is just sort of that initial success because these guys are talented baseball players. Right? And yeah. and what makes I think a young baseball player good is their athleticism, right, and their ability to put the bat on the ball and and hit it and do so with um, with strength, right, so that they can hit the ball hard. Um, and and that's really what you want to be able to see young players do, and that's going to be what gets them to rise through the ranks quickly is their ability to overmatch the the talent around them, right. But when you get to the major league level, there is no better talent pool, right? This is the best of the best. And not only is it the best of the best, but it's the smartest of the smartest. And and they also have all of the best technology and and hundreds of people working to try to figure out um, what people's weaknesses are and how to exploit those weaknesses. And that's just something that these guys have just never seen before. And but the good news is they are smart and talented baseball players, so they should be able to adjust. And right as you said, I think Sable is a perfect example of this, right? Um, because they asked him to make an adjustment, and he did. And I think I think that we will see both Bailey and Schmidt um, at least start to make efforts to 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 make adjustments. And I think we'll see them next week. Right. Like, I don't think I think this is going to be an instantaneous thing. Right. I think now that they've had a week of of failure as opposed to weeks of success, uh, that it's much easier now for the coaches to come in and say, "Okay, look, here's how they're exploiting you. Here's where you're swinging at pitches that aren't your pitch and letting them overmatch you and then take control of the at bat. And uh, yeah, I mean, I. I think that that this is just a a step in um, their pro- progression that we should expect to see, and uh, I hope we continue to see it. Right? Like I hope that we continue to see these guys play and and we watch them come out of this and be better ball players. Yeah, and and we have seven rookies on the roster right now. That's over a quarter of our team, <laughs> uh, and so. Wow. 
I don't I don't think that's really what the Giants had in mind. Uh, and I th- frankly, guys like Brett Wisely and Bryce Johnson in particular, I think have been helpful, uh, but not, you know, they're there because Jock Peterson's on the IL. They're there because Tyro Estrada's on the IL. You know, they're the, the guys that the Giants were counting on, the veterans, have been hurt. So we've needed guys like Wisely and Johnson to be on the roster. Uh, but I don't, I think the Giants, pretty much all Giants fans, would prefer to see Jock Peterson instead of Bryce Johnson in that role. And, uh, and Brett Wisely, I know you just love him, but, uh, but he should be uh, probably back down in the minors as soon as Tyro Estrada comes back. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Brett Wisely fan. I'm not a Brett Wisely fan, but I'm also smart enough to know that like, he's, he's a better player, I think, in terms of versatility than Johnson. And and I will say that he also has been getting better. Like, I think he has been working really hard at the plate, especially uh, uh, to get better. And I think those results have been starting to show. Right. I think at the beginning of the season, he didn't look like he was good at anything. Right. Including things like uh, defense. Right. But his defense got better first. And now his bat's starting to come around. I don't think he's he's anything better than a replacement player, but at the very least, I'd like to see him be an average replacement player than a below average replacement player. Um, But I do think that he's another one of those good signs, right? Like, just like Sable, he's been getting better as the coaching staff has worked with him to get him better. And, and we should expect again to see those same results with other guys. Um, Yeah. yeah. You know, on that note, I, I, I know you're trying not to bury, you know, Brett wisely, but I mean, he does have his flashes of of of, of competence, uh, but really he's been pretty consistent. I mean, he's been hitting around two hundred for the last you know month plus, and uh, his on base has gone up a little bit to two seventy eight, uh, but it was at you know two thirty eight you know, over the last thirty days. Yeah. So I just so he hasn't really you know been been anything other than a replacement level player and so uh, you know i'm for one am really looking forward to the fact that uh we won't see much of brett wisely knock on wood once uh tyro strata comes back i'm sure he's a fine gentleman and his his mother and mother-in-law must love him and he's got great yeah. hair but uh agreed agreed yeah. i mean he's just not ready yet and maybe he'll be a really great player in the next year or two but surely seemingly i mean he's been overmatched definitely uh, you know the, the so far this year Definitely. Get well, bro. Get well, Jock. Get well. Get well. Get well, Tyro. Oh, man, Tyro. Please. <laughs> Buddy. Uh, and then, you know, Bryce Johnson, uh, I almost feel like there's, you know, with Austin Slater back, uh, there's really no role for Bryce Johnson, you know, other than maybe, you know, a late pinch hit and steal a base kind of scenario, or you put maybe pinch Slater in. Pinch run, you mean. Pinch run. Yeah, exactly. Or Slater can, you know, move over to one of the corner spots and uh, and Bryce Johnson play center field, and you got a much improved defensive outfield late in the game. Uh, but that's really a luxury that I don't think the Giants really want to have or, you know, really yeah. need. So, uh, you know, I, I actually am looking also forward to Bryce Brian Johnson uh, being Bryce. back in the minors once Jock returns. Bryce Johnson. Brian Johnson. Remember him? Wow. <laughs> no. Big home run. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yes. On the other hand, I think Ryan Walker and Tristan Beck. Well, I don't know. I mean, Ryan Walker is an interesting story just because I think he kind of had a meteoric rise. But but I, I think these are guys that we can expect to see kind of continue to be in that carousel. Right? Yes. As guys get hurt especially. Um, yeah. Well, both have actually pitched fairly well, especially as of late. You know, Tristan Beck uh, 
has uh, definitely been better over the last uh, few outings than he was earlier in the in the. I've year. always been a big Tristan Beck fan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you don't have uh, AI Ben talking about uh, how great Tristan Beck. That's right. Let's let's play that. Let's 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 pull that up. All right. I don't know about you, but I really like this Tristan Beck kid. He's my number one starter going into the season. <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. is. There it is. See, See uh, yeah. so yeah, I, Ben has been a long Tristan Beck fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe I wasn't a big believer early on in spring training, um, but I think I think he could be a mainstay for sure. Um, I I think he's always going to be there, right, for injury reasons, because at this point, the bullpen has turned itself around to the point where everyone is pitching well. Right. 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 So, like, I don't know that you need these guys as long as people are staying healthy. Um, But it's nice to know that they are when people don't. Right. And... I mean, Ryan Walker has pitched very well, and uh, and I actually like his role in the bullpen. I mean, it seems like he can pitch later in the game. He can pitch in some high leverage situations, uh, and he's not you know one of those long reliever guys. You know, kind of like Tristan Beck, kind of like you know who you know Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, you know Jacob Junis, whatever. And I like that there's a guy that can strike some people out you know, at the end of the, the bullpen besides just Camilo Duvall. Right. Well, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice having a guy who can come in in those middle innings or those, you know, the fifth or sixth inning, or even if somebody gets into trouble unexpectedly in the seventh and he can come in and strike some guys out and get out of that mess. Right. That's a hugely important role. Um, but it's that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so important because, you know, a lot of teams don't want to use their best relievers in that role, right? Because they want to use their best relievers at the end of the game where the room for um, uh, mistakes or mistakes are just, you know, magnified at the end of a game, right? So you want to use your more reliable relievers there. And so it's nice to be able to have a guy like him be able to fill that hole earlier in the game. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Do you think we need one more rookie? We Yes. And what yes. rookie would that be, Ben? That rookie would be Kyle Harrison. It's amazing that he hasn't been brought up yet. I mean, with Wood and uh, you on the aisle for the second time this week. I don't know. Uh, with Stripling out. Uh, you know, Even Fangraphs, when they list their starting rotation, they're like, I don't know what to put. And they just put three three starters and they've yeah. got like a 10-person bullpen. And so I, why not bringing up Kyle Harrison at this point to fill that spot? Instead, they bring up, you know, Tristan Beck. Uh, so it just, I don't know why they're holding on. I know they, they feel like that he's got a little bit more to prove, but uh, we also got some needs at the Major League Club, and he's proven that he can miss bats. And I don't know why you wouldn't bring him up and just uh, seeing what you got. I mean, I you know... It- I, I don't want to ignore the fact that 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 Heliot Ramos came up and and didn't didn't do well. I don't want to ignore the fact that that Joey Bart maybe had the same problem. But on the flip side, we've now seen guys like Patrick Bailey and Casey Schmidt um, come through and and look like maybe they were held back too long. Um, I, I I wonder if this organization is being a little bit gun shy, right? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, because I mean, look, we had guys like Sammy Long, and you know, and coming up and and filling these types of roles, of spot starts, and things like that last year and the year before, and you know, so and and Kyle Harrison is in a much different class than that. It is weird, and, right? It it seems like they're willing to. It's, it seems like the guys who are the lower prospects are much more likely to get called up. Because it's like, oh, the expectations are much lower, and so therefore they're less fragile. Or if they fail, it's less of a psychological. I don't mean like right. Like I mean, like what's going on here? Why do guys like Ryan Walker and and you know Brett Wisely and Bryce Johnson get to be major leaguers? But but Kyle Harrison and and Patrick Bailey and 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 and, and uh, you know Casey Schmidt all were being held back. Like what is that? Like the higher the prospect they are, the more you want to protect their psyches. Like that's probably I, a little bit of it. I think there's some kind of protect the you know if they fail. I mean, then at what, some point you, know, you gotta thing. you gotta you gotta let the kid play because otherwise he's a nothing. I yeah. mean, yeah, like, I mean, come on. So bring up that eighth rookie, Farhan. Come on. Do it. Do it. More rookies. <laughs> if this team's going to suck, it's going to suck because they're young and inexperienced, not because they're old and slow. Yes. As we've already said, the the pendulousness of that is much more exciting. That's right. Uh, so I'm going to use the next uh, bullet point we got in our notes to kind of segue into this. You know, we've got this impending roster crunch. Uh, coming okay. up, but before and kind of how that really plays out also factors into uh, the current situation where someone like Wilmer Flores has clearly been the odd man out over the last uh, few weeks. And, uh, and, you know, he played well yesterday, uh, got some key hits in the win over the Orioles. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, which is, as Kapler even acknowledged, is a difficult role to be in when you're not given a lot of uh, opportunities and then you're expected to produce when you do. Uh, that's been difficult for Flores. And so, you know, with Wisely and Schmidt, you know, both being able to play the same positions as Flores and as rookies, and then you got veterans, you know, of Wade Jr. and Davis also playing really well at first and third base, both offensively and defensively. Flores seems like he's getting squeezed a little bit, and it makes me wonder, could he be part of this impending roster crunch roulette that we're going to be seeing? Oof. Well, I mean, it is interesting. I, I think that, that he's being squeezed in a lot of different ways, right? Because Flores, he's like, he can play second base, but really he's a corner infielder, right? And I think... Um, the you know with with the young guys being brought up and especially with Tyro playing as well as he has and then you know now Schmidt being up um he's not going to play second base right and and I don't think you want to put him out there at second base but the thing is I thought the Giants would right I mean this Giants organization doesn't care about defense but suddenly now it seems like it does a little bit yeah right and maybe I don't know maybe there was just a change there where they were realizing that that was hurting them more than it was helping um, but he's also getting squeezed by really good play from Lamont Wade Jr. and J.D. Davis, yeah. right, who who are the corner guys. And, um, you know, he, he would be a good platoon candidate for, for Wade, but 
but I think Wade is going to get more at bats there just because you know he's been his his on base percentage has been so fantastic. His plate discipline's been really good, but then also J D Davis can play first base. So so yeah, I think that Flores is getting just squeezed from every different direction. Um which is I think sad to see because he's been nothing but a good giant and he's a good soldier and he's just he's a he's a professional hitter. Right? Yeah. Um I really hope we don't get him see him get squeezed out. I I would hate to think that we're hanging on to a Brett Wisely over a a a, a Flores but I don't know. Well, you know, sometimes you have to create room for the guys who are younger, you know, to to have a spot, and we've seen that That's over true. the years. And you know, even today, Farhan went on MLB Radio or on Sirius XM. I, I heard it today, where he said the Giants are going to be buyers uh, at the deadline, even though we're still a couple months away. Whoa! And uh, and so, but acknowledged that it may be difficult to find a trade partner and since there's three wild cards now yeah it is and and there's lots more teams in it and those teams that are in rebuild mode are prioritizing with younger talent and may not have fits that can help you know the giants at this point yeah uh but i also feel like if you're gonna make a move to some kind of team that where maybe they they have a surplus of something you know someone like flores could be an enticing proven major league veteran that could be shipped along with maybe right somebody who needs a good bat off the bench might have like a back end starter or a swingman or a catcher. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when when you say like, what are the Giants' needs? I mean, I feel like honestly, what what could they trade for? Do you think? I mean, this, maybe we should have this discussion in further depth as the season progresses. But like. Oh yeah, we definitely I just should. don't know. I don't know where you would add with the Giants. Um, like I know a lot of things. I'd like to see them. I think the type type of player that I'd like to see them bring in is not going to be available at the trade deadline. Shohei Otani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Giants would have to trade their entire forty man roster. <laughs> Uh, plus plus a bunch of extra guys, so we'd only have one guy. <laughs> but the good news is that we'd have at least one good hitter and one good pitcher. Yes, let's, yeah, exactly. And, and let's, yeah, how's that worked out for the Angels? Yeah, for for one season, right? Well, I mean, the Angels are the Angels. Um, yeah. All right. No. Well, that's. I mean, that's that's fascinating, and we could definitely conjecture. On and I think that we should. One. I think we should talk about that more in the future. But but. I, I think I, I do think though that you were talking about this roster crunch, right? And so, like, right. who are all the guys got that four are coming guys. back coming soon? We got yeah. four guys that are on the IL that uh, have played or are expected to play a significant uh, role on the current team, and that's Jock Peterson, who's on a rehab assignment yep. as we speak. Uh, yep. Last two days, he's played for the San Jose Giants, uh, so probably any day now. Maybe yep. by the time you listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. he'll be reactivated, and somebody will be sent down. Tyro Estrada, obviously, uh, on the IL, hoping yep. to come back soon. Joey Bart has also started a rehab assignment. Yep. Uh, and then we got Ross Stripling. Yes. Uh, even though he's struggled, obviously, he's going to have to have a spot when he comes back. Right. Uh, so you got those four guys. And then you're like, okay. And then recently, Alex Wood went on the IL, which ironically kind of helps maybe the roster crunch. Well, it helps because... the roster crunch, but I don't think it's good for the team. I mean, that's, that's oh, no. disastrous yeah. news. I think three of these are easy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Can I just do the easy ones? Do the easy ones. Jock Peterson is Bryce Johnson. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyro Estrada outfielder is, for is, outfielder. is is Brett 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 Wisely. Yeah, infielder for infielder. Okay. 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 Ross Stripling is Ross Stripling. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, I'm going with that. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it, and I you know what I mean it. I mean it. Ross Stripling is Ross Stripling. Get rid of so the worst guy. Get rid of the worst guy. DFA him. DFA the wow. worst guy. DFA the worst guy because he's the worst guy. And the worst guy is Ross Stripling. But I know that's not what it's going to be. It's going to be Tristan Beck. It's because mm-hmm. they're going to yo-yo Beck. It's going to be Beck that gets yo-yoed all season long. And, and Ross Stripling's going to come up and, and, and he's going to suck. And what I really hope is, is that because I'm saying this, he doesn't. But because I just said that, I'm now jinxed it and he is going to. <laughs> but now he's not. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I just, you know, like, let's just, let's just, Ross has been the worst guy. So let's get rid of Ross. Okay. 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 Do you disagree? Well, and, and I think that there's, there, that whole roster crunch also factors into this, uh, this failed attempt at like a seven man rotation or whatever. Yeah. And, and so you've now you've got, if when you do bring Ross Stripling back, we're the same position we were a while back when you've got Mania and Stripling, uh, who are both, uh, you know, maybe at the beginning of the season, we're expected to do be in the starting rotation or at least be right. a viable option. And now neither of them have, uh, Maybe Mania has definitely pitched better as of late, so maybe he slides into one of those vacant spots. But if Alex Wood is out for any longer, then are we going to continue with bullpen games? Or no, are we no, we need in... Kyle Harrison. Okay, like exactly. This is, this is just all. Yeah, this is just this is all simple and easy. Farhan, calm down, Ben. <sighs> Sorry, my orange zephyr has has blown me away. <laughs> Even Bob's getting concerned. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but but am I wrong? Am I wrong? Look. Well, no. I I think you know if you're committing to to the youth movement, then commit. Yeah. You know, I mean, bring up this guy that's been striking people out at unbelievable rates, and you know, let him. Let's see what he can do. Right. I mean, know? it's and, it's yeah. The rotation should be Desclafani, Webb, Cobb, uh, Wood when he's healthy, and then Harrison. That should be your five-man rotation, okay? Manea, I think, has pitched his way into... He looks really good in the bullpen. He's a good bullpen guy, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so let's keep him there. And then everybody else, it should be the best guys available. And I know that's real painful in terms of, like, the contract that you gave out to Ross Stripling, that then maybe you shouldn't be giving those contracts out like they're candy, Farhan. Uh, and, uh, because that means he's the worst guy and you should let him go. But like, that's who it should be. Like, that's the rotation. So speaking of, I mean, switching from, from the rotation then speaking of worst guys. So, uh, we haven't really talked about what Joey Bart's space position is in here. Uh, because, you know, do you go with three catchers? Because Blake Sable, you know, has been a viable left fielder as of late, but with Jock Peterson coming back and you've got Austin Slater back and, you know, there's really no spot for him in the outfield. He has to be the backup catcher. And 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 he can't even DH because Jock's back and that role is the left-handed DH. And so it's, it's either you ride or die with Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable or you give up on the Blake Sable experiment and you bring Joey Bart back. Um, no, I just don't see Farhan giving up his new toy. Like I just don't see it. And Joey Bart has an option left. Uh, 
could be option to the miners without losing him for, you know, for the rest of the year. And maybe is access insurance and AAA because we don't have uh, any more as much depth in that uh, AAA catching role to step in if someone else gets hurt. So I think Joey Bart's my greatest uh, asset might be the fact that he's got an option left and can spend some time in Sacramento until he's needed. Yeah, I mean, my feeling on this is like, really is the question is, is it Joey Bart or is it Patrick Bailey? Do, do you want, and my answer to that is yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, my answer to that is yes. Like, give me the, give me the guy that's going to play the best. I, I, I agree that Sable has to stay on the roster. I agree with that. Like, I think that say he's too versatile and he has played too well. Like, look at all the rookies and how they performed in the last week, right? We went through all the rookie hitters and all of them had a bad week except Blake Sable. Like, the kid has not only gotten better, but he has also stabilized himself. He is a reliable guy at, at the plate. Do I think he's a great catcher? No. Do I think he should be, like, one of your starting catchers? No. But you know what? I mean, he's he's getting better at that, too. I think he can he can be a DH if somebody gets hurt. He can play the outfield if somebody gets hurt. So there's no way you get rid of him. Yeah. If the only place for him is one of your two catchers, then that means Bailey or Bart has to go down. And the fact of the matter is you can send either one of them down because they both have options, right? Right. And... And I think this organization is going to believe in Bailey more than they're going to believe in Bart. Whether that is warranted or not, I don't know. I'm not enough of an expert to say. But I think this organization is going to believe in Bailey more than Bart. So it's probably going to be that Bailey that's up. But if Bailey really, like, if, like, let's say he goes into a tailspin offensively, then yeah, they'll just swap Bart up. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think there's a strong possibility that that would happen. So even if that is what ends up happening, I think there's a possibility that you'll see Bailey and Bart swap. I think the answer here is actually quite simple. I'm sure Joey Bart's not going to like it, you know, but as long as he has that option, yeah, it's going to be him and and Bailey, but it's kind of like flip a coin between the two. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really feel like there's a whole lot of difference between Joey Bart and uh, Patrick Bailey at this point, uh, but I think that my gut is is that the you know Farhan and the administration feel like you know Bailey has the more upside. Uh, definitely has played well defensively. Uh, has hit about as well, or has hit better so far than yeah, but, than Joey but Bart. Although he's regressing he's a little regressing. bit, uh, uh, does have a little bit more power. He's hitting more, has hit more home runs than Joey Bart has, which you know Joey anything has more, power, but hasn't been able to zero. tap into it. That's right. Yes, exactly. It's so. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Farhan, I I think I am putting, you know, I'm putting my, I'm throwing my chips in, and I'm like, Patrick Bailey's my guy, and Joey Bart's gonna get sent down. Well, and, if I'm Farhan, I would do what Farhan does, which is is that I never commit to anything, and like, you know, whatever, you know, next month if it looks like Bart's the best guy, I'll call up Bart. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, uh, and that's that's why you send him down, right? You don't get rid of him. You just you yeah, know, exactly. I think down. I think this really only becomes an issue next year because even if Bailey does look a little bit overmatched, you send him back down to AAA. You take the pressure off. He works on his his hitting, and then and then when Bart gets hurt or or you know there's room somewhere else, and it makes sense to have an you know Sable move Sable somewhere else, and so you bring Bailey back up. I I think I think that's what you can expect, right? And I, yeah. I think now that I think about this more, I, I don't think this is that big of a deal either way that you do it. But I think in the long run, you're right. Bailey is the catcher of the future, not Bart. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. whether that so means. I'm, I'm, wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? Who's right? Um, uh, man, this stupid cocktail. <laughs> uh, I said, um, I said you're bright. No, I don't. Oh. No, you're. Um, That's what I thought you said. Right. You're Mike. I'm doing the editing, no, so you're... you know. I'm just going to keep that in there. Whatever you say, expert, this isn't going <laughs> to. No, make it I mean, I think podcast. this. I think Bailey is the catcher of the future for the San Francisco Giants. Um, I I believe in Joey Bart. But I think I'm going to have to believe in Joey Bart when he plays for somebody else. All right. Well, last week, you know, so the last guy that I think even a week ago we were already writing his obituary was was Brandon Crawford Mm -hmm. uh, as part of this. And it seemed like Casey Schmidt was, you know, going to be the everyday shortstop. Brandon Crawford sat three days in a row against right handers. And we were already being like, well, that's it. There's the changing of the guard. And then this week he hits 333 with a 500 on base. Uh, <laughs> so maybe the reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated. I, you know, do you see Brandon Crawford lasting through all this whole roster crunch? Um, well, so first of all, I would say don't count Brandon Crawford out ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, secondly, though, I mean, on the flip side, I would say, like, you know, Schmidt is a great defensive player, and even as he works through his offensive struggles, I don't think that's going to go away. And I think he, at this point, is probably just better than Crawford. Mm-hmm. On the other can hand, I give you some, can I give you some offensive numbers? Sure. So in the last two weeks, Casey Schmidt, now albeit in over twice as many at bats, but Casey Schmidt has a 231 batting average, Brandon Crawford 286. Mm-hmm. Casey Schmidt has a 241 on base. Brandon Crawford, 464. And Casey Schmidt has a 288 slugging. Brandon Crawford, 429. Uh, so Casey Schmidt has a 529 OPS. Brandon Crawford, 893. Is that, has that been the same against the same splits, like righty-lefty? Uh, you can make me look Well, up. I mean, it uh, matters. It matters. I'm not going to make you look it up. But but, uh, but it does matter. You're right. You're right. And I haven't looked into the, the deepest. But, but you know, they're... Well, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so look, look. Here's the thing: you're going to have stretches like this with rookies. You are right, and and the thing is, is like what you hope for your good rookies who are good players on both sides of the ball that their glove doesn't go away when they go through rough stretches with their bat. I believe that Casey Schmidt is better defensively than Brandon Crawford, right? Yes. Now, and so that matters too. So even though Casey Schmidt's offensive stats may not be good as good as Crawford's, his defensive stats are probably better. Right. And those runs matter just the same. Right. They're harder to see. They're not as exciting. They're not as easy to rattle off in a line of slashes. But defense matters just as much as offense. Right. Saving runs matters just as much as how many runs you contribute. So that's 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 my whole thing for Casey Schmidt. On the other hand, the question that you originally asked me was, do you think do you think that Brandon Crawford should and and or will survive this roster crunch? And my answer to that is he better damn well better <laughs> I'm glad you're clear <laughs> he better damn well better all right all right I think right? I, I know exactly how you feel and I think most Giants fans would agree like, with you like I don't care what happens by the end of this season but Brandon Crawford is on the field when the Giants record the last out oh I didn't realize you were that sentimental about this. What? Yes. Like, I mean, come on. Like, 
do not make Brandon Crawford just one of your little nerd boy moves to get half a win better. Right. For some guy, you'll DFA in a couple of weeks. That's right. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. All right. All right. I'm I'm yeah, I'm proud of you, Ben. Thank I'm proud you. of you for standing up for B Craw. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we are uh we're getting to the end of our podcast, and so I think it's time uh to kind of wrap things up, and that means the trivia question answer. Ben. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many if times was Roger call, Craig ejected, Matthew? Let me know. Come uh, on. You know, I, I I could look that up, but I'm not going to because Wait, that doesn't that's... have anything to do with the answer. Uh, so the question was: Roger Craig was a pitcher who pitched for five teams over 12 years. During his career, he led the National League twice in what specific category? And the answer is: Roger Craig led the National League in losses in both 1962. And 1963, where he lost Sorry, 24 Roger. games and 22 games, respectively, for the expansion New York Mets. He also led the National League in shutouts in 1959 for the Dodgers with four, so it wasn't all bad. But yes, he was the ace of the uh, expansion, terribly terrible, all-time worst team, uh, New York Mets, and he took a beating in both 62 well, and Well, you know, yeah. I mean, losing losing 24 and 22 game for, for that particular team. Folks, like, like expansion teams in those days were, were really, really bad. I mean, they were like Oakland A bad, you know? Um, okay, maybe they weren't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think the. I don't think the, the expansion Mets are going to be were as bad as the, this year's Oakland A's. Honestly. Well, he lost twenty two games and had a three point seven eight ERA. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, it was the sixties, but it was the early sixties. Uh, ERAs were a little bit lower in the sixties, especially the mid yeah. to late sixties. They got they got ridiculously low. Um, but he also took the ball for them. He had over 200 innings, 230 innings plus in both those years. Uh, he had 31 starts and 33 starts uh, and had an additional 10 to 15 appearances each year out of the bullpen. So he was a workhorse. And You know uh, what? And it probably and made a him a better manager, right? Yeah. yeah. And so 25 years later, it benefited us. Well, he started out as a pitching coach. He actually had uh, his claim to fame was he he really introduced uh, the split finger fastball to um, to to the majors. It became the pitch uh, for for many years. And uh, and I, I just imagine him like walking out as a pitching coach to a guy that's getting shelled or something like that. And he'll be like, "Hey, man, at least you're not going to lose 24 games this year." <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> he just come so, out there, you know, one year I lost 24 games and the next year I lost 22. So. Uh, oh, man. Well, rest in peace, Roger Craig. Indeed. That is the answer to our trivia question. Uh, and then looking ahead, Ben, what are you drinking next week? Next week I am drinking a bad breakfast. I thought you were, you say drinking? I'm, dr- I'm drinking a bad breakfast. You heard me. Okay. Okay. Things went a little sideways, you know. Um, you know, my dog had to come check on me. It was it was a whole thing. <laughs> but y'all are gonna have to show up to, to on Thursday to find out what happened. 
I am drinking uh, a cocktail, an original cocktail called the Elder Flores. Uh, you know, after our boy Wilmer, and uh, you'll have to stop by and see if that one was a winner as well. Uh, Thursday on our happy hour episode. Uh, as far as opponents, uh, we finally get to play the Colorado Rockies. Ben, woohoo! They suck. Woo-hoo! They <laughs> suck. They're not, I mean, again, they're not Oakland bad, but they're Rocky bad, which means the A's will probably be good in 10 years, but the Rockies will still suck. But, of course, where are we playing them? We're playing them in Colorado. Yeah, I was going to say, it always makes me nervous when we're in Colorado. You just never know what's going to happen. You know, I think the Giants actually play okay there. They do. They do. They play okay there, but the Rockies are always better at home. They're 500 at home, right? Even though they suck, they're 500 at home. So I, I think the Giants need to get two wins out of this one because obviously but but you know it's in colorado and so you just you just never know you never know what's gonna happen they're getting swept (laughs) wow no that's my job oh right i mean i mean no they can do it ben they can turn this around no they're gonna get swept uh and then (laughs) but then they come home and they play the cubs and good news folks they also suck and they suck on the road so the giants should sweep them which Ben would say means they're going to get swept. But Matthew, what are they going to do? They're going to sweep them. That's Woo! right. So the Giants are <laughs> going to go. I'm trying to muster some enthusiasm. The Giants there. are going to go five and one next week. And if the pendulum swings back the way that, then that's exactly what should happen. That's right, because they're pendulous. That's that's right. They're pendulous. All right. All right. Well, that's what's coming ahead next week, guys. Uh, uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter or Instagram or even Mastodon if that's something you're interested know. Do in. People still do that. I don't know. I, I'm just wondering if we should even be on Mastodon myself, but uh, it's easy. I just go over and copy and paste whatever I put on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> so, you know, if you're on there, then just keep following us. That's great. At Giant Cocktails and all of those. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, please, I'm begging. Go over, especially if you listen on Apple, to the Apple player and give us a review, especially if it's a good one. I mean, if it's going to be a bad review, then, yeah, hey, just keep on listening, man. Don't don't worry. (laughs) But if you got some nice things to say or you feel good about listening to us, then please go on over and give us a rating. It would feel, uh, it would make us feel good. That's all we're, you know, that's all. That's all we need. Just a little feel good there. And uh, and then also, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you'll get notifications when we go live or when we're when our podcasts go live. And uh, I think that wraps it up for this week, Ben. Uh, until then, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.